Today on Clear Approach, we talk about the latest guidance from the FAA for pilots who've come down with the COVID-19 infection. All this and more coming up on the Mayo Clinic Clear Approach podcast, your home for aerospace medicine that matters. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode. And I know what you're thinking already. Oh, my gosh, he was able to get out another episode in the same quarter of the year. Yes, I know I've been saying a lot in the past that I've been trying to get these things out sooner, and that hasn't happened. And I realized that in order to do that, I need to make a little bit of change to how we do this and uh, the format of the show. So going forward, I'm not going to try to squeeze in everything from interviews to medical topics to news into one episode. So going forward, I'm not going to try to fit in all of the usual pieces into each episode. Rather, each episode will focus in on either a medical topic or an interesting interview or some some other news that I think is worthwhile. Hopefully, going forward, people will no longer be looking at strata layers and rocks and saying things like, well, if you look here, this is where the dinosaurs went extinct. And oh, right up here in this layer, that's when episode four of the Mayo Clinic Clear Approach podcast was released. So with that, let's get right on to it. So for today's podcast, we're going to talk about some of the information that has just been released by the FAA for pilots who have come down with a COVID-19 infection over the last several months. And this was just released in a memorandum from the FAA to aviation medical examiners on March 26th. So basically, in the eyes of the FAA, COVID-19 infections are broken up into five different buckets. The first bucket, which is where you want to be, is if you've had a COVID-19 infection that was very mild. So you didn't have to go to urgent care, you didn't have to go to the emergency department, weren't hospitalized, you just sat on the couch for a few days and binged on Netflix. If that's your case and you have had a full recovery, and you go to your aviation medical examiner and report this, your aviation medical examiner can issue you a medical certificate as long as you're qualified otherwise without sending any additional records to the FAA about your COVID-19 infection. For bucket number two, you would have had a prolonged acute infection. So a little bit more than mild, although the FAA doesn't really state what's the difference in time between a normal mild infection and a prolonged acute infection. But in any case, as long as you, again, didn't go to be admitted at the hospital, didn't have any complications, and you're feeling fine, your aviation medical examiner can give you a certificate the day of your exam, as long as you're qualified, and not send any additional materials to the FAA for review. For the next bucket, if you've had COVID-19 and you ended up in the hospital, unfortunately, but not in the ICU, and now you're feeling better, you can still get a medical certificate from your aviation medical examiner. The examiner does have to send all of your records from your hospitalization to the FAA for review, and the FAA could come back and ask for additional information. But barring there are no other restrictions on your ability to get a medical certificate at the time of your examination, you can still walk out of the office with your medical card. Bucket number four is for those folks who have unfortunately ended up in the hospital and in one of the intensive care units, maybe even been intubated. If this happens to you and you are now feeling completely better, 
Unfortunately, your aviation medical examiner cannot issue you a medical certificate. Your case will be deferred. Your records must be sent to the FAA for review where they will consider what to do in your case. The final bucket is my neck of the woods. It's for those patients who have had a COVID-19 infection and are still dealing with ongoing symptoms. This is the long-haul COVID or post-COVID syndrome or post-acute sequelae of SARS-CoV-2 by the National Institute of Health. Whatever you want to call it, if you are experiencing ongoing symptoms like fatigue, troubles with breathing, troubles thinking clearly, headaches, rapid heart rate, then you also are unable to obtain a medical certificate at the time of your aviation medical exam. Your records will need to be sent to the FAA for review, and from there they'll decide the fate of your medical certificate. Now right now, somewhere out there, there is a person who is angrily looking at their car radio and saying, are you serious? And yes, unfortunately, I am serious. So the symptoms that have been reported in the media that can linger after COVID-19 are really hard to understand for most folks who aren't experiencing any problems. For the majority of people out there, they have an illness for about two weeks and are able to bounce back and everything is good. But there are plenty of patients out there who are still suffering even months after their COVID infection. And the symptoms can be quite severe. Just to give you an idea, some of my patients who have long-haul COVID aren't able to drive even several months after their infection. So that kind of gives you an idea of why the FAA is worried about pilots who are maybe experiencing long-haul COVID. And unfortunately, this is not just a small problem. As of this week, approximately 29 million cases of COVID-19 have occurred in the United States alone. Based on our most recent research, we estimate that approximately 10%, and that's a conservative measure, but 10% of patients with COVID-19 will come down with prolonged symptoms. We also know that approximately 30% of patients with post-COVID syndrome or long-haul COVID will not be able to get back to normal function or their work even several months out from their infection. So if you do the math, that's roughly 2.9 million people in the United States alone who are expected to have long-haul COVID. And remember, that is a conservative measurement. And of those, approximately 870,000 people will have symptoms severe enough to limit their function at home and at work. And some of these folks are going to be pilots. And that brings up another point. Even though I've been working with pilots throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and seen hundreds of patients with post-COVID syndrome, I haven't once yet met a pilot with post-COVID syndrome. And that kind of contrast is always concerning. So just a little bit of a PSA. If you are having prolonged symptoms after your COVID-19 infection, please seek care and do not be afraid to mention your ongoing struggles with your aviation medical examiner at the time of your exam. As I've said before in this program, the skies that we fly through and share with our family members and other loved ones they are only as safe as each one of us makes it. And yes, I know that the possibility of losing a medical certificate and its effect on your career or your hobby or your passion, 
can be very, very scary. But I like to think that all of my fellow pilots out there are also professionals and passionate about what they do and doing it correctly. And just remember that knowing when you need help and knowing when to stay on the ground versus flying is a really important part about being a great pilot. Well, I hope you enjoyed this shorter version of the Mayo Clinic Clear Approach podcast. Remember that this podcast is an offshoot of our Mayo Clinic Clear Approach uh, consulting service. So you can go on to the Mayo Clinic website at mayoclinic.org, search for Clear Approach, and you can send us a message and ask us any question you might have about your flying and your health. We'll get back to you as soon as we can, usually within 24 to 48 hours. Until next time, this is Dr. Van, your medical co-pilot, wishing you great flying and even better health.